Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Life in the Red podcast. Luke Mullen and Amy Just, as usual, episode 14 of this season. Um, probably one of our most unique ones yet. I mean, they're all unique, but I think obviously we'll, you know, we'll do our usual break down the game a little bit, look ahead to Nebraska's next upcoming opponent. But the main topic that everyone's going to be focused on, worrying about who's going to be the quarterback. I mean, we'll, we'll dive into it, but that's something, a question that we haven't had to worry about all season. Nope. I mean, we talked about it a little bit before the season. Is it going to be Casey or Chubba? But that kind of felt forced. Yeah. Um, and now here we are. Feel like I've been saying it all season. If the offensive line doesn't get better, Casey Thompson's going to get hurt. And here we are. And he has been hurt, just not yeah. hurt enough to get yeah. knocked out of the and, game altogether. Yeah, and he's said it all season. If like he if he can throw, if he can walk, he's going back in the game. That uh, was not the case uh, this past weekend. Yes, medically ruled that he could not come back in um, after halftime. Of course, the injury, we'll get into that. Um, but, I mean, just thinking about this Illinois game, we knew it was going to be a really tough test for Nebraska, given how good that Illinois defense is. Mm -hmm. The run game, you know, can wear down the Husker defense. But when Casey was on the field, I mean, Nebraska was very, very competitive against Illinois. Yeah, and, you know, I thought, you know, going in that, you know, yes, Illinois' defense is very, very good. Um, but Nebraska's offense was the best offense that they'd seen all season. And then when you lose Casey, it's like, well, okay. Yep. The, the 15 or 20 minutes, whatever it was, that Nebraska had Casey, that was the, the best offense they'd seen. But, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it was, it was pretty similar um, game plan, I guess you could say, to Purdue. The big passes were the things that got Nebraska going. Screenplay to Chancellor Brewington. Of course, 56-yard touchdown pass and catch and run to, uh, from Vokalek. Derek had to shake off a couple defenders, but... I mean, the run game was still needing to get going. You know, the, the rhythm in the passing game was still a little bit questionable. It was those big plays that Casey can deliver that were there. And then once you take that aspect away of, you know, your quarterback who's in sync with that offense, who has that big playability, I mean, the offense just crumbled. Yeah, and it didn't help that Illinois was completely keying in on Trey Palmer. He Very had true. one catch for, like, one yard, I think, something like that. Not yep. great. So... When you lose that guy, obviously that needs to open things up for other people, and it did for, you know, Brewington and Vokalek, but there wasn't a whole lot from anywhere after that. And to be fair, that's not exactly Casey Thompson's fault because, you know, he's on the sideline and in the locker room. But I will have to say, we sat here last week, and you are like, oh, wh what are we going to do? What's Nebraska going to do? And I'm like, oh, screenplays. <laughs> Screenplays. Yeah, you're you're over there during the game pretty much. Every every time they ran one, you're like, I told you. I told you <laughs> that that was the key. That was the key. And, and hey, it was it was working well. And yeah. the, until it didn't. Um yep. but that's the way it goes. Just you know, had to get the record Absolutely. straight get your on own that horn. one. Of course. <laughs> I love when I'm right because I'm not right very often. Yeah, but I mean that the play that Casey got hurt on, too, mm -hmm. was just such a double whammy. I mean, he's he's trying to complete a tough pass under pressure, something he's done quite a lot this year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just a throwing motion gets hit on the elbow. And, of course, that's just going to, you know, pop the ball right up in the air. Easy interception for Illinois. Mm -hmm. 
They score. Smothers comes in, you know, one, one quick possession, um, you know, get it back, and they go down and just take a 20-9 lead. And, I mean, that was just too much for Nebraska to overcome. You know, maybe if it was a little bit tighter, um, you know, they, they still did have some chances in the second half, which, you know, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit with the quarterback play. But, I mean, going down 11 with the backup situation, I mean, two-score game, there's still a little bit of hope, but um, just couldn't, couldn't execute. Mm-mm, no, and it, I was curious about it in the moment, and I'm still kind of curious about it now, even though uh, Mickey Joseph gave an answer on it. Why go with Smothers to end the first half and then trot Purdy out there? Like, just pick one. Yeah, well, Mark Whipple offered a little... Uh, <laughs> just pick one. He, well, he offered a little bit of insight about what happened, and he, mm-hmm. he had some further comments. Again, we'll get into that in more depth recently. Um, but he said he, he looked at Chubba's eyes at halftime, um, thought he was ready to go. So, I mean, that's a that's the halftime conversation. I Presumably guess. that, you know, him and Mickey are having, you know, what quarterback are we rolling with? And if... Whipple, with Whipple saying Chubb is the guy, I mean, that's, I guess that's how it, it played out. But either way, the offense was just completely not the same in the second half. Um, Nebraska averaged 7.6 yards per play in the first, 1.5 yards per play in the second half. Um, second half drives without Casey, punt, interception, punt, fumble, punt, punt. And the one series that, of course, we have to dive into, I mean, 11-point game, Nebraska gets a golden opportunity, a fumble, uh, you know, in field goal range already, mm-hmm. you could throw it into the ground three times. You can take three knees, and you still have a decent chance at a field goal. Um, and Chuba just tried to make a play that that just was not there. No, and you know, and he he knows that he was just he's trying to force something. Yeah, and uh, Mickey was uh, not super pleased after the game with that one. Was not super pleased on Tuesday with that one. Um, you know, he wants to make a big play to kind of help his confidence there to get things going. Um, but in that situation, you don't need to do that. Like, you don't need to be Superman in that situation. Like, you already have three points in the bag. But alas. Yep. And like Mickey said, I mean, it was just a, a very basic mistake, something that they teach you never to do, throw across your body. Mm. I mean, he's right there on the sideline. You can just step out of bounds. You can throw it out of bounds. So... Just a very simple, a simple thing to fix. Just don't, don't do it again. <laughs> yeah, but but, yeah. Of course, I mean it's 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 a huge issue. Um, nobody knows who's going to be Nebraska's quarterback um, coming here on Saturday. Casey Thompson, like we said, hit his elbow, nerve damage. You know, couldn't really feel his fingers, which is pretty scary. Um, you know, not just as a, a football player, just as a a person. Yeah, um, you know, losing that feeling in your hand. And so Mickey Joseph, you know, on his, his TV show over the weekend, he was saying it was very doubtful that, that Casey was going to play against Minnesota. On Tuesday, he was a little bit more optimistic, you could say. You know, he said Casey looked a little bit better. And Mark Whipple today, he didn't fully rule it out either. But I think the way, the way things are trending and how beat up Casey's been, it's like even if they do trot him out there, I mean, he could just get hurt again right away. So Yeah, or just <laughs> – there's no winning in this situation. Yeah. Um, he's gotten some new injury every game that he's played in, and if he's not 100%, why put him out there? Absolutely. Or uh, no one's 100%. Yeah. Let me rephrase that. But if he if he's having any issue at all with the elbow, just 
no. Because the last thing you want is to rush him back out there, things go south, and then, oh, you got Michigan next week, and there's no chance of him being in that one. Like, you don't want that situation either. So, yeah, it's it's not great. And, yeah, I, I think I know what's going to happen with quarterback this week in terms of who it is, not what will happen on the field, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we – we brought it up there, but I mean, you know, going smothers for one series and and pivoting to Chuba for the entire second half. You know, Mickey after the game, he was saying it was a case of where they needed to throw the ball, which you know they did. They were down two scores. It was, you know, it, it's something you need to do. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, it to me, it, it just screams a Whipple decision. A guy who's going to be a lot better executing the offense that Whipple wants to run as opposed to Smothers, you know, who was recruited for the, the Frost-style offense. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. I mean, but now that he talked, that with Whipple talking today and saying that Purdy had been hurt and missed the last two practices last week, that just makes me even more confused. Yes, it is, <laughs> it is very, very puzzling. I'll say that. Um, I, I just have to imagine that they have a lot of confidence in Chuba that – you know, what the practice that he has gotten in earlier this year, you know, what he showed them in, in spring and fall camp had to be enough to, to say, hey, he's going to be able to be out there and, and be our starter, lead the team, because, I mean, that's a, that's a huge deal. I mean, not practicing the two days up before a game, you just get thrown in cold. I mean, that's, you're not setting up a guy for success like that, and, and Whipple pretty much said as much. Yeah, I mean, the quote was, it probably wasn't fair to Chuba. He did not practice the last two days of the week. Going back, I don't know whether I should have played him or not. That's rough. That's rough. I mean, yeah. he is he is nothing if not honest. So Indeed, indeed. And, and the little bit of uh, information that Whipple had for us, he said um, there's a good chance both Smothers and, and Purdy could play on Saturday if Casey can't go. So I'd anticipate it's probably more of what we've seen, you know, maybe bring in Smothers for a few run packages, but mm -hmm. Chubba will probably be the guy because, again, his ability to execute the offense that Whipple wants, it's it's a lot better, at least in terms of his strengths as a quarterback, um, you know, his ability to throw. And, again, we'll, we'll see if a whole week of reps working with those starters can get him a little bit more game ready than he was. Yeah, and, and we don't know what his injury was last week, right? So. Yep. But he seems to be better now, just based off of what Mark was saying today. So yeah, anything, anything can happen. That's for sure. Yes, including other injuries. Yeah. Um, apparently, one of the third string quarterbacks got hurt. He said today. So because when we were, somebody asked what the depth chart looked like behind those two. <laughs> 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 it's a, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Anybody's guess. Yeah. What's going on? But um, yeah, not that that matters. I hope it doesn't matter. Um, no one wants that to matter this week. Absolutely. Um, interesting to note, even if it's like a footnote. So. Yep. Well, I think we've we've seen kind of the line for Minnesota has gradually um, increased a little bit. I don't know if it's 15, 16, it whatever is 16, it is. 16, as I checked before yep. we got in here. So. so obviously a lot of belief that Casey's not going to be able to go out there, which, again, that's that's our belief here mm -hmm. too, um, you know, close to the program, what we're hearing. So if you thought last week was tough, you know, great scoring defense, team that's built on running the ball, you know, keeping it away from you, well, they're getting the exact same thing this week. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yeah. 
Minnesota. That's just what you want, yep, right? Top five national defense, um, just like Illinois, uh, allowing 14.4 points per game this year. Um, very, very tough. Even even in the last three weeks or four weeks, excuse me, where they've been on a bit of a skid, um, got right against Rutgers last week, but lost uh, lost to Purdue, Illinois, and Penn State three weeks in a row. But the defense was still tough against these teams. Mm-hmm. You know, they have good offenses that have you know shown that they can at least two out of those three teams that they can beat Nebraska. Um, so it's more of the offensive deficiencies there for Minnesota. So I think to expect. Nebraska to go out there and and move the ball against this Minnesota defense will be pretty tough. Um, maybe big plays is still the the route to success. Running the ball, in my opinion, will be a a big key if they can establish that. But again, easier said than done against this Minnesota team. Screens. <laughs> <laughs> She's back at it again. No, I mean, <laughs> what are, what are you going to do? They're yeah. second. They're, they have such. They've got a really talented secondary. Those safeties can tackle super well. Their missed tackle percentage is really low. The corners that they've got are really talented. Um, I mean, there's just, I don't find many weaknesses on that side of the ball for them. Um, So, I mean, dinking and dunking is not super sexy, but if it works, it works. Well, I hope that the week of practice and, and hopefully getting Chubba more healthy, more ready will help with those screenplays because mm-hmm. he wasn't super accurate um, when Nebraska tried to call them with him in the game and not like horribly inaccurate, but not putting the ball right where he needed to, you know, making his receivers reach behind or ahead of them a little bit, um, kind of had a little bit of a different motion, I think, on those screen passes than you'd usually expect to see. So again, we don't know what he was dealing with, how he was dinged up, but um, if he's a, if he's able to execute those at a at a higher level, I definitely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, Minnesota got right last week, destroyed Rutgers 31-0, um, complete dominance both sides of the ball. Which admittedly, Rutgers was dealing with some of their same um, quarterback issues they've had all year. But you look at this Minnesota team, and you know the key cogs on their offense: Tanner Morgan, Muhammad Ibrahim, uh, these two six-year guys who have, you know, they've been a thorn in the Big Ten side for several years now. And, I mean, great understanding of the offense. Bill Bush today saying, you know, Tanner Morgan doesn't make mistakes. You know, he audibles out of plays at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can throw to all, all parts of the field, which reminds me of some of the things he said about Aiden O'Connell, who carved up this Nebraska team. And, you know, we saw what Purdue running back Devin Mockaby did too. I mean, Ibrahim's been doing that for several years now. I think you got a stat to share. Yeah, <laughs> so I was looking it up. Um he has hit 100 yards in his last 16 games played. Granted, yes, he did miss, like, the majority of one season um, in there. But, yeah, this goes back to 2019. He's had over 100 yards in every game he's played in. Which is crazy. I mean, you just trot that guy out there. He's good for 100, and you're just like, all right, done and dusted. Yeah, standard day at the <laughs> office. Oh, boy. And yep. I, I don't think that comes to an end on Saturday. I doubt it as well. I don't. Yep. I mean, you look at the way that, you know, Nebraska was able to bottle up Chase Brown a little bit, I think, early in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit more interesting. I think they were running a lot more um, five five down linemen, or well, not necessarily down linemen, a few edge rushers as well. But they are putting five guys at the line of scrimmage a lot against Illinois there. Um, we saw a lot fewer snaps for Nickel Isaac Gifford as a result of that. You know, having that extra lineman in the game, 
But ultimately, I mean, the best running backs, they wear down that defensive front. And we saw that Chase Brown ended up getting, you know, 30 carries, ended up getting his 150 yards. And, you know, it, it didn't feel like he dominated, but you just churned out, you churn out those gains and you keep the sticks moving. Yep. And uh, I, I gave them a, I think I gave them a D or an F for that. Yeah. Because you can't, even though you know he's going to do that. Like, come on. We could be better than this in general. Indeed, indeed. And the other big aspect of, of the Minnesota offense, I think it's important, um, top wide receiver into the year, Chris Ottman-Bell, out for the year, mm-hmm. um, suffered that injury three games into the season. But the tight end, Brevin Spanford, one of the best in the Big Ten. Um, they've had a few other wide receivers step up as well. So even without that top target, they've still been decent in the passing game, but um, not quite the volume for Tanner Morgan that you see for a lot of other quarterbacks. Um, just trying to be efficient, trying not to turn over the ball, um, and you know, let Ibrahim do his thing, let that defense go to work. Um, I think, it, I think, like I said, pretty similar to Illinois in that regard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, just with everything that's going on with this team, that's not exactly what you want, though. <laughs> yes. If you want to look for a silver lining, if you truly believe that they're planning as you know, nameless, faceless opponents to have some similarities there. You can build off of that, I suppose, from week to week. Yeah. And the other thing is, on the Minnesota end, perhaps they're going to be game planning, not knowing who's going to start at quarterback for Nebraska, which is our, our Husker hot topic for the day. Should Nebraska start Logan Smothers or Chubba Purdy? So I've gone back and forth on this. Um, so before Whipple spoke today, I was thinking Smothers, mm-hmm. um, just because Purdy had such an abysmal game last week. Um, But now I'm thinking Purdy, as long as he's healthy, um, you know, not making excuses for the game that he had last week. Um, But now knowing that he was hurt heading into that one and didn't practice the last two days, was really cold, not just cold from Saturday, but really cold and not having practiced. Um, I hope that uh, just for the sake of this team that things will be better for him in that regard this week and just knowing the offensive like the the generic offensive game plan I feel like he as the starter gives them the best option but I don't think it's the right move to not play Smothers at all either yeah definitely definitely I think if they if they do go with Chuba having some different packages for Logan like you said, that'd be a, a smart thing to do just to switch up the defensive looks. But me, you know, I, I think Smothers could offer you a lot this week. And my reasoning is I, I do think the offense's ceiling with Chuba is a lot higher. I think the ability to score points and, and move down the field quickly um, with him would be a lot better. But with Logan in there, I think you can call a lot simpler game. I mean, the question is, though, is that something Whipple would want to do? Um, which I think the answer is probably no, um, because with with Logan in there, I mean, you can see he can run those zone reads, he can run those quick passes, um, like you've been calling for. I thought one of the best plays Nebraska had all game um, without Casey on the field was a simple zone read with Logan, and it was I think Grant might have been in the game. Um, yeah, I think mm-hmm. it was Grant, and just faked the handoff. Grant turned into the lead blocker, eight yard gain up the sideline. And they tried to run the same play on third down, stop for no gain, um, which it, so there's give and takes, you know, with those zone read looks. But my point is just that you have Logan as that runner in there and 
Chubba does have some some dual threat ability to him for sure as well. Um, but especially with Smothers, it's an extra man for that defense to account for. You can run a lot of different looks that Nebraska hasn't had all year. Um, but assuming that they've been practicing them is, you know, is the big thing. Are they ready to come out and run those quarterback run looks? Um, because I think that that could challenge this Minnesota defense a lot. We'll find out. Indeed, indeed. But I think I think like you said, I think it's trending towards Chuba. How much we see of Smothers, we will see. Um, but ultimately, we don't really know until whoever trots out there for the first snap will will take it. But it's gonna it's gonna impact our score predictions. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, just um, a little bit. Heading into the year, I think I, I had this pegged for a loss. I. What about I, you? I had it penciled in as a loss, but like a higher scoring loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and then three weeks ago, I was like, oh, Nebraska can win that game. Now, not so much. Yeah. I, you know, presuming in that timeline, you know, if Casey was still healthy and, yeah. and whatever, I think, yes, it would be, we'd be projecting a very close game here. Yeah. But <laughs> if they lose, this inevitably. Uh, wipes away all Indeed. of their hopes for a bowl game. Um, it won't be completely over until they, you know, go to Michigan. But, yeah, yeah. so this is the last, like, realistic um, hope. The last got, hurrah. If they want to make a bowl, they got to win this one, and I don't think it's going to happen. My score prediction for this week is 35-12 to 12 in favor of Minnesota. Yep. I'm very close. I'm going 31-13 um, for the Gophers. And I think we're, you know, regardless of what Minnesota scores, I think what's more interesting is what we have Nebraska pegged for, which is not a lot of scoring. Um, because, again, even even with all the issues that that offense was going through last week with, you know, injuries, inexperience, you know, preparation, whatever, they had six drives and gained two first downs, which is pretty abysmal. And Minnesota's going to offer a similar challenge. Yes, I think the Huskers will be able to string together some plays at times. They're going to need a couple turnovers or you know some big plays maybe on special teams or something to give them that edge to finally go down and score because it's hard for me to see them you know getting a touchback, starting at the 25 and driving 75 yards down the field. Yeah, it just it doesn't feel like something that's in the cards. I mean, you look at last week, and after Casey Thompson got hurt, Nebraska's offense ran 24 plays and managed to gain 34 yards, converting just three first downs. Yeah. Now, granted, you would think that things could be better with – you know, Chuba and Logan both getting reps with the ones this week, you know, get the rust off of them. Mm-hmm. But that stat line does not make me optimistic for yeah. much offensive success this week. And granted, they may break open a play or two, um, but a play or two is not conducive for success. Yeah. And I mean, the flip side is if they could get Anthony Grant going, you know, get him another 100 yard game like he had early in the year, that would help, that would help so much. But Run blocking has not been fantastic this year, um, and Grant, Grant's been out there a lot. Ramir Johnson has hardly played. Yant hasn't been very efficient. Gabe Irvin's still working back to full health. So, you know, how much, again, do they want to, you know, run Grant out there knowing they still have a few more games left to go that they're going to need him for? Um, a little bit of a calculation there, but, 
yeah, he, he's going to be a big part of that game plan, or at least he better be on Saturday because uh, they're going to they're gonna need him out there. Going to be an interesting one. Indeed. Well, it'll be a, it'll be an early one, so yes. not as much not as much time for tailgating and uh, you know getting ready for the game. 11 a.m. kick against Minnesota, and this is a, a Minnesota team that's that's done pretty well against Nebraska with PJ Fleck in charge. Um, won the last three meetings of these teams, and what's going to be interesting to me as well, this game has a little bit of potential to get ugly if the offense isn't you know isn't playing at its best. Versus the Illinois team, it could have gotten ugly, but they were very content just to chew the clock, um, you know, not push things too much. PJ Fleck, on the other hand, he's uh, he's he's going all for it, all sixty minutes. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, could be could be real lopsided depending on what happens. Yeah. But but that's the beauty of football. We're all doom and gloom right now, but you never know. You never know what's going to happen there on Saturday. Um, you like do I not. said, eleven a.m. kick. Gophers coming to Lincoln. We'll be there. We'll have all the coverage, um, good or bad, whatever happens, whoever's out there at quarterback, we will have it for you. But I think that about does it for today's Life in the Red. Mm -hmm. Um, Going over that quarterback controversy, any more details come out in the next couple days, stay tuned to journalstar.com for all the updates. But that's it for today's podcast. For Amy Just, I've been Luke Mullen. Appreciate all of you tuning in.